Welcome to Christmas Clatter, the podcast that celebrates everything that makes Christmas special. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Christmas Clatter Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Clatter Podcast. Email us at christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at christmasclatterpodcast.com. Hi, welcome again to Christmas Clatter. I'm Todd Killian. Well, it's finally August. Just a few more weeks till we get to the Burr months, and uh, Christmas is getting closer and closer and closer. That marathon that it feels like at the beginning of the year is slowly turning into a sprint. I know I'm getting excited for it. Quite unsure what Christmas will hold this year, but whatever it is, I know it'll be great. It's Christmas. It's going to be great. I hope everybody out there is doing well. hope everybody is healthy and happy and getting into the spirit of the holidays. Uh, just a few bits of housekeeping here. I just want to encourage everybody to go and rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Facebook or wherever you can rate and review. It really helps out the podcast a lot, and it's absolutely free to do. Also, I want to remind you guys, do you guys remember this? It's the most wonderful talent of the month. There'll be comedians for joking, narrators for narrating, artists putting on a show. It's the most wonderful talent of the month. Yep, that's right. As uh, Christmas gets closer and closer, we're reviving our most wonderful talent of the month. So if you have a Christmas celebrating talent, whether it be musical or artistic or comedy or storytelling, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a audio form of talent. It can be visual. We'll put it up on our social medias. If you have a Christmas celebrating talent, please, I encourage you to share it with us. Get a hold of me through direct message on the social medias or through email at christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com. And share those talents, and we'll be featuring some talents as we get them in through Christmas. And I hope to really hear from you guys. We had some great talents last year, and I'm sure this year will not disappoint either. This episode is going to be a little bit abbreviated because I've been working so much on the Burr months. We'll have our September 30th Christmas conversation, and that will kick off our weekly episodes through Christmas. Been getting those episodes planned out and scheduled and uh, getting booking some guests and sitting down with the calendar, you know, have this episode win. It's kind of left me a little bit short for August, but that's okay. We have a lot coming up, and I wanted to tease you with some of the stuff we have coming up. In October, we have the debut of Christmas Clatter's Merry Melee. That's right, Merry Melee. It's going to be a Christmas fight. And for more information on that, you guys need to stay tuned here to Christmas Clatter. It's going to be a great time. No, it's not going to be a physical fight, more of a debate. But Our Merry Melee will be coming in October. Also in October, there's a couple of movies that seem to be like the gold standard for Halloween uh, movies that I've never seen. And a lot of people are like, you've never seen this movie and you've never seen that movie? Nope, I never have. So in September... 
I'm going to start a poll for you guys, and you guys will choose which of those two movies I get to see, and I'll report back to you on my thoughts and feelings on that movie. Let me tell you, they are very popular movies, and when most people find out I've never seen them, they are shocked and amazed. So we'll have you guys doing that for me. Also coming up in the Burr months, we're going to have a very special recast, miscast, and I will be recasting what is often considered a top three Christmas movie. Very rarely do I see this Christmas movie out of people's top three. And I will be recasting almost everybody that has a speaking role in that movie. I won't say I will do everybody because some of the characters are fairly minor, but it's going to be a complete, complete recast and I'm hoping to have a special guest for that. We're going to have all kinds of new music coming out. We're going to have some guests from all around the world coming to Christmas Clatter. And it's going to be fantastic. And the Burr Months are, are close, close, close. And I can't wait. But for this episode, we have our second installment of Clatter Chatter. All right, for those that don't know, Clatter Chatter is just the name of our Q&A segment we do every once in a while uh, so I can get a chance to answer you guys' burning questions. Got some uh, some good questions here uh, to go through. Let's get started. Louie asks a very uh, poignant question, very simple question. He just wants to know if I prefer Christmas or Halloween. I know he was he meant this in a joking way, but I think I think I'll answer Christmas. I prefer Christmas over Halloween. In fact, I'm not the biggest fan of Halloween. I've softened my stance on Halloween over the years, I guess, because so many people in the Christmas-loving community also love Halloween. But man, for a long time, I just saw Halloween as the last speed bump to Christmas. I mean, not that I disliked anything about Halloween, but man, I just couldn't wait to get through it. You know, I was too busy wanting to decorate the tree more than get dressed up or get the kids dressed up and take them out. But I've, I've kind of softened a little bit on Halloween. I enjoy it, but as Halloween gets closer, I'm just more chomping and chomping on the bit to get the Christmas stuff up. Definitely Christmas I prefer over Halloween. Uh, like I said, Halloween's not my favorite. I've softened a little bit, but it still ranks fairly low on my favorite holiday lists. And Chris asks, uh, this is Chris from Christmas Time in the City podcast. Another great Christmas podcast you guys should go check out. He asks, uh, he says, tread lightly with this one for the younger folk. So that's your warning right now, parents. If you have little kids around, you might want to just hit pause and shoo them away or just skip forward a little bit here. Uh, We don't want to, um, we just don't want anything to happen. Should Santa get the credit for expensive presents? I've never seen the elves cranking out iPads or Xboxes in the movies. That's very true. I think one of the reasons for the movies thing is when you start giving out elaborate things like that, especially tech presents, it really gets the movie dated in a hurry. There's that scene in Scrooge where he's like, my brother got me a VCR and it was like $300 and it's like VCRs don't even exist anymore. And even in like the mid-90s, VCRs were like, 80 bucks, and I remember watching that movie, and it was like such a dated reference. That, not that it takes away from the movie, but it, when you have a dated reference like that, it just kind of shows its age. It doesn't have that um, 
staying power. I guess a little unfair. I mean, I had to look up uh, watching It's a Wonderful Life. I've seen It's a Wonderful Life uh, a bunch of times. And then uh, a few years back watching it with my wife after George Bailey's dad passed away. Spoiler alert. She asked me why George was wearing that band around his arm. And I didn't know. I never, I've noticed it, but I didn't really know why he was wearing it. So we had to Google it, and it was just a sign of someone that was in mourning because of a passing of a close relative. Um, but, you know, it's a tradition that was popular when the making of It's a Wonderful Life, you know, it's something that, that's not around anymore. But, yeah, I think the reason that the, the big tech presence, uh, the big presence like that, aren't given by Santa in movies is to keep the movie from being dated so much. But as far as the should Santa get credit for the expensive presents, growing up, Santa got credit for everything brought Christmas morning. The way we did it was we um, exchanged presents Christmas Eve between the family. I would give my mom and dad and sister a present, and my sister would give my mom and dad and me a present, and my dad would give me and my sister a present, and my mom would give me and my sister a present, and mom and dad would exchange. And those were usually nice little gifts, nothing crazy. But then uh, when Christmas came, whatever was under the tree was brought by Santa, no matter how expensive it was. That's just how I was brought up, and I don't see any problem with that. I never thought, I guess because we exchanged presents as a family on Christmas Eve, I never thought like, well, my mom and dad didn't get me the the big high dollar present because they had given me something, you know, that night before. And as a kid, I don't think I really noticed, you know, it was a lot of action figures and play sets and that kind of thing. So I didn't really think about that kind of thing. And it wasn't until I was a little older, I kind of was clued in on what was going on, but we're still going through the tradition of it. Then I just automatically knew it was where it all had originated from. And and gave Santa his credit and gave my parents their credit for helping Santa Claus out. Yeah, you know, that's a very personal choice, and it, and it just kind of depends on how you were brought up and how you feel about it. You can't go wrong either way. You know, it's just a decision that, that has to be made, you know, between you and your spouse, and uh, and just stick with it. Whatever the decision is, just don't change it. I think that would be the hardest thing would be to change it. All right, and then uh, Adam asks, and Adam uh, is the host of the uh, Mary Britmas podcast, a podcast uh, that focuses on Christmas in England. It's a great podcast, another podcast you should uh, check out. He asks, here's one from Mary Britmas. What's your favorite overseas festive tradition? Have you taken something from another country as a part of your own festive traditions and plans. And Adam, I struggled with this one. Uh, I thought of all the stuff we did and this and that and this and that and what we do and what our traditions are and that kind of thing. Probably tell you, I don't think I have. I mean, my traditions are pretty American. I know uh, Americans can get made fun of a lot for just stealing everything that's cool from around the world, but uh, nothing specifically. I haven't gone out and done that kind of thing intentionally. All the traditions I have in my house are ones carried over from when I was growing up and, you know, ones that had to be developed uh, to suit my family's needs, that kind of thing. But no 
overseas traditions that I know of. I mean, there might be some. There might be something that's slipping my mind right now, but nothing I know of. But maybe I should. Um, if you guys have a great tradition that's uh, really popular overseas or something like that, send me a message. I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make a post asking this question here uh, a few days after this episode airs, asking what overseas tradition I should adopt and, and see what kind of responses I get. But uh, as far as I know, that's a, that's a negative ghostwriter. And Glenn asked, Glenn uh, Warren, host of Seasons Eatings, another Christmas podcast you guys should be listening to that celebrates the holiday foods. And Glenn's a super guy and absolutely knows what he's talking about when it comes to food. Uh, check him out, Seasons Eatings. He asked, if you could take anyone with you, where in the world would you want to experience Christmas? I would love to see the German Christmas markets or Christmas in Australia. I have to agree with that. I like, I'd like to see the German Christmas markets. I wouldn't mind to hit Australia or New Zealand for Christmas. I wouldn't mind to be in London for Christmas sometime or like Norway or Switzerland or someplace like that. But I tell you what, man, this is not an exotic answer by any means, but I have yet to experience Christmas in New York City. And I just can't feel like I can leave the country to experience Christmas in uh, England or Christmas in Germany until I get to experience Christmas in New York City. Just being a guy born and raised in uh, this corner of Missouri, it seems like every time I think of Christmas, for some reason I think of New York City, Rockefeller Center, all that good stuff, Central Park in the snow. I just can't get it out of my mind. So far, I've not made it there for Christmas, but hopefully, hopefully soon I can. And once I can cross New York City off my list, I think I might feel freer to um, expand my list of destination Christmas places. I feel like I need to get to New York City first. That's the one that's kind of always in the back of my mind chewing at me saying, you need to get to New York City to experience Christmas, you know, as much as I'd love to see some of those cool German castles in the snow and those markets, that kind of thing, uh, to see the rainy streets of London on Christmas, all that stuff would be great. And I wouldn't pass up the opportunity if it, if it arose, but I just want to see Christmas in New York. That, that's just it. <laughs> I guess I can't apologize for it. That's just what I want to see. That's a great question. And Brian asks, here's a question. If you could decorate the perfect Christmas tree, what ornaments would you put on it to make it perfection? I love ornaments that are definite Christmas ornaments, like the classic old-school Santa and the Rankin-Bass Rudolph. That's my perfect tree. Oh, yeah. I like a themed tree. I do. I like a tree that's, you know, it's covered in coordinated lights with ornaments you know, like the peacock trees or the beech trees or the classic retro trees that are done up. I like the theme tree. I like the theme tree a lot. You know, a lot of people are into quilting and there's all kinds of patterns and stuff and things that make a quilt and they have uh, some awesome, awesome quilt makers out there. 
I've always said my favorite quilt is the one that looks like it's left over from all the scrap material, where it's like none of the material matches. It's just kind of put together from what's left over. I just love those things. I don't know what they're called. But my favorite Christmas tree, my perfect Christmas tree, is the one that is covered with all the stuff you love. It doesn't all match, and it all doesn't go together. As much as I love the theme tree, I just love the tree that has the Hallmark ornaments from the movies we love. It has the ornaments from years ago that your parents or grandparents hung on the tree. It has just the simple ball ornaments in there to reflect the light. Maybe have some bubble lights on there. It has the uh, handmade ornaments that the kids did in school that, that are crooked and a little bit wore out. You know, like the handprint ornaments, that kind of thing. Just the the tree that has everything you love on it, but doesn't really match or have a, any kind of specific theme to it. That's my perfect tree because, to me, a tree is a canvas to kind of paint your family on. Someone should be able to come in and see your main tree and kind of get a feel of what your family like. Are you a fun-loving family? Are you a family that loves movies or cartoons. You know, you look at my tree in in the living room, our main tree. Uh, it's the only one that's not themed, but there's, you know, we have Captain America on there and the Incredible Hulk. We have Barbie ornaments on there. There's an old, old uh, wooden Garfield ornament that I had gotten when I was a kid. I think it was from like 88 or 89, something like that. There's a uh, Stuff I'm not crazy about anymore, but I still put it on the tree because at one time I was like a big fan, uh, like uh, the Tasmanian Devil. I used to be like a monster Tasmanian Devil fan. I mean, not that I dislike him now, but it's just not that that big a deal to me anymore. I still hang a few of his ornaments on the tree. There's a lot of Homer Simpson on the tree. Uh, my oldest son is really into, he's a gearhead, loves vehicles, cars, and trucks. So he always gets cars and trucks ornaments, so there's a bunch of that stuff on there for him. Uh, my youngest son loves uh, sports, so that's a bunch of and drums, and there's that kind of thing on there for him. You know, my oldest girl's into roller skating and iPods and stuff that matches the thing she likes. Same with my youngest daughter. It's, it's the thing she likes on there and, and the things my wife likes. You know, there's a lot of like, cookie-cutter ornaments because she likes to bake so much. We try to make it a tradition that every time we go on vacation, we buy a Christmas ornament to mark that vacation. So there's uh, several vacation ornaments on there from different places we visited, like the like the beach. So my perfect Christmas tree would just be that one that it's, you know it's kind of like a scrapbook of the family. When I when I think of a Christmas tree, uh, that's kind of what I think. It's like this tree is to show what your family is and kind of celebrates your family in its decorations and the tree is that kind of scrapbook uh, if that makes sense to you and then Claude and Claude gave us this he said all right Todd here we go with the question to end all questions okay so let's we'll, we'll make this our last question then let's pretend you have a friend who absolutely despises Christmas they're coming over, and you have one opportunity to convert them into Christmas lovers by playing one song, watching one movie, 
and cooking slash baking one item, what three things would you choose to give them to give them all the Christmas feels? So we need a song, a movie, and some kind of food to get this person the Christmas feels. Boy, that's a good one. And this, uh, I'll turn this into a Facebook post as well. See what you guys think. I'll do it here uh, shortly after this podcast airs. Well, the song I would play for them would be Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And the version I would play them would be Amy Grant's version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas from her 92 album, Home for Christmas. It's such a great version of that song. And uh, I'll play you just a little snip of it here. Your heart be light From now on Our troubles Will be out of sight Have yourself A merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay From now on our But that song uh, just kind of gets you in that nostalgic mood. I'll Be Home for Christmas always kind of gets me in the feels, if you will. It helps you think of family and, you know, getting together with the ones you love. To me, it's always my favorite Christmas song. It kind of fluctuates depending on, but it's always right there, top song. But uh, that would be the song I'd play, would be Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, especially Amy Grant's version. I think that would really set the mood for them and the thing I would bake them or make them I'd actually make Christmas cookies you know like the sugar the, the sugar cookies and the shapes with all the colored decorations on them you can't help but smile when you see those Christmas cookies you know little Christmas trees with the green icing and the yellow star and or the candy canes with the red and white icing or the Santa hats or uh, the holly leaves with the green and leaves and the red berries you know painted on them those just make you smile. And then the movie I would play them, the Christmas movie I would play them would be, I want to say it's a wonderful life, but I don't think that's the right answer. I think here's what I would do. Let's just hit hit reset on this. Here's what I would do. I would actually play them the movie first. And the movie I would play them would be Christmas Vacation. It'd make them laugh a whole bunch and kind of hit them a little bit in the feels at the end not a, not crazy but it would get them to laugh and laughing is a real is always relaxing it always uh warms your heart everybody loves to laugh so i would start with christmas vacation and then i would take them into the kitchen and we'd have cookies we'd have those sugar cookies that i just talked about because you can't help but to smile when you see those, you're coming off a movie where you laughed and laughed and you just kind of smile at, 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 those, at those cookies and you can talk about the movie and, and have a nice conversation while you're eating those cookies. And then, 
Then at the end, I would play Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. I think that would be the icing on the cookie, I guess. You know, just that transition from, you know, enjoying your time, enjoying uh, good cookies with uh, good company. And then that would set the mood for that song to really get to them, to give them those Christmas feels. So that's how I would do it. Open up with a little Christmas vacation, some Christmas sugar cookies all decorated up, and then a little bit of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. That would be my one, two, three punch, if you will, of getting someone the Christmas feels. I want to thank everybody for uh, submitting your questions. Go to our social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and let me know what your one, two, three punch for getting someone in the Christmas feels would be. And also let me know what overseas Christmas tradition I need to add to my Christmas traditions. Thank you for listening to Christmas Clatter. Please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Christmas Clatter Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Clatter Podcast. Send us an email at christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at christmasclatterpodcast.com. And as always, remember to keep Christmas hope alive every day. Thank you for listening to the Christmas Podcast Network.